Welcome, Sojourners. You have found yourself a cozy place here at Sojourners Awake. I'm Jonathan, and this is our production of The Wild in the Wind. First, an apology. It has been a very long time since I posted an episode, and that's just due to the summer season upon us, and we are getting ready for summer camp. But today I found the time, I got everything produced, and you have one more episode after this to look forward to as we conclude the story of the wild and the wind. Ellen and I are here running the summer camp, and Sarah and Mike are also doing well, although we miss playing together. Thank you for listening. And so for now, our story continues. That was one room. Matt, I suggest that we don't just walk into the room. I feel like, you know, the the monsters that are trapped outside, they seem to be the ones that we are encountering right now. And I think they get worse from here. So we should just be very careful with the noise that we make. So maybe we can, you know, maybe set a trap for them next time. Especially if they are in a hole, perhaps we can you know, funnel them into some place as opposed to being I mean, in the it seems like they burn easily. Maybe we can figure out a way to, like, set this castle on fire. I mean, I like to burn things. Well, I'm not mm-hmm. opposed to this idea. I have a second oil flask on me, but it's my last one. I don't think that's going to be enough to burn the whole castle. We could always come back with some barrels. <laughs> well, I don't know how we're going to get those down here. That that cave we've crawled through is pretty tight. Well, I'm sure there's more than one way into this entrance. <gasps> oh, but you're speaking of gunpowder. You know, maybe they had like tower defense, like, you know, cannons and stuff. Maybe they have barrels around. Um, maybe, yeah. I, I, I mean, this is an old castle. There's gotta be something here that, you know, we could use. Ooh. Here's an idea that may or may not get us killed. Isn't there a dragon around here? Maybe he has an interest in taking out the demons that are plaguing his minions. Uh, I don't know about that because wouldn't he have done something by now? Isn't he, he asleep? Back in the town by like, he's been here for 10 years. No, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's probably something um, we, if we try to be sneaky, we can try to find something that explodes, or I don't know. What else could we use? Well, I think we should just keep an eye out for whatever we find, but at least we have a one more oil flask in your torch. Yeah. Do we want to just like, I mean, and, and saying this kind of like, Lily, like, there's, there's like three, three ways we can go right here. Do we want to just, you know, like peek into them, or do we just want to like pick one at a time and hope we find out where we're going? Cause these demons, like, you know, they kind of follow someone, and until we find that someone whom they're getting their orders from, I mean, we can literally be doing this all day. So you want to try to cut off the head of the snake? That is not a polite way to refer to your host. Eris, as you turn around, the left door slams shut and is locked with a padlock. 
and standing before you is a tall, pale-skinned man with a long black beard, balding head wearing black robes with arcanic symbols etched into his dressing. Now, who might you be, and why are you setting my stable on fire? Does he appear human? Indeed. Eris will turn around defensively behind her shield and then kind of... No, she's not going to lower it. Trying to think of something really witty to say. My apologies, sir. We didn't know there was a host to be insulted. Well, there is always a host. We are emissaries from Sultana. And what message would Sultana bring to me? I really just want to shoot him with my crossbow. Oh. But I don't think Eris would do that. Call off your demons, sir. They have no place here. Demons are a side effect of a weak government. There's nothing I can do about that. And if I were you, I would not look into things that are beyond your puny mortal minds. Well, we're going to have a disagreement. Are we? If you will not stand down, we will make you stand down. People are suffering and dying. People we're always suffer and always die. Tis the nature of progress. Nothing ventured is nothing gained. Progress ends here, sir. Bertie rages and yells at him and says, Excuse me, sir, I don't think the people of Sultana want to be your host, you parasite. When he sees Birdie, he stops and says, I thought I took care of your people a long time ago. Why do you keep bothering me? Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Sultana still exists, and you possessed my friend. Um, well, you possessed my, my shopkeeper, helper, and I don't... I don't appreciate that. Listen, I have no time for guests, and I was not expecting anyone. So, if you'll excuse me, I have important work to do, children. He knocks on the door three times that is immediately behind him. Frank, why don't you show our guests out? This man then begins to writhe and contort his eyes look up to the heavens. Wings sprout from his back, turning into black feathered creature. He manifests into a crow and then flies off. The door opens. A big, large boot steps out of the door and then immediately a tiny boot. And standing before you is a Frankenstein of various body parts of humans who have entered into this domain, sewn together and powered by some arcane electricity. This eight foot tall lumbering giant stands before you and speaks in a horrid voice. You must leave now. And he points toward the exit. How do you respond? Well, 
Most hosts that I've met show me out the door themselves. That guy was rude. And Sabine's just gonna unsheathe his swords once more. And the Frankenstein charges you. And now so we have to deal with this thing. And the Frankenstein just charges towards you, splashing in the water, and is going to str- slam you. I said, Lee! Where are my standing next? My standing next to Samoon? Indeed, you are, and that's a twenty-two to strike Samoon and knock him thirty feet back. I am a defensive, so I can use my reaction to lessen the damage he takes. I think is how that works. Very it's well. not a it's not a feat. It's my fighting style. He does eighteen points of damage to Samoon. I think it halves it. I'm trying to find it. I like it. Oh, Samoon does too. <laughs> When a creature you see hits a target other than you within five feet of you, you can use your reaction to reduce the damage the target takes by 1d10 plus 3. Must be wielding a shield or simple. So, thing comes at him, I'm going to try to dive in front and I'll just deflect him just a little bit. And my d10 is that dice, right? Mm-hmm. Roll a 10, roll a 10, roll a 10. Ah, I rolled a 7. Plus 3 is 10, so you take... Less damage. Eight points of damage, Samoon, and you are not knocked back, but you are splashing in the water. Eris, you are now intercepted between this, and you smell this horrid, rotting creature. Uh, You must make a constitution saving throw or have disadvantage on attacks against it that are melee. Uh, You need to go for a 12 or higher. 17 plus 5. Oh, you are able to... Choke back your vomit and keep from retching all over the place. Stay with that initiative, Birdie. You are within reach. How do you respond? Um, okay. Um, Birdie is raging and reckless. Um, Grandma and Bam Bam comes out. And um, Bam Bam is throwing the biggest tantrum, um, screaming. And Birdie is going to run and charge and punch this thing. Where, like, how, how, she's pretty short, right? Yes. And so the thing is like seven feet tall? Indeed. Okay, so I'm just gonna try to punch him in the groin. And before you rage and reckless, bam, bam, just splashing around the water, Grandma puts a hand on your shoulder with her banjo across her back and she says, Birdie. That's a real bad man. You be careful. Well, this guy's kind of dumb. I think he might be dumber than me, Grandma. So I think I can get this guy. 12 or higher, Birdie. So 15 in the first hit. Big punch right into the groin. Um, Because I hit him, he now has disadvantage when he attacks anybody other than me. Nice. So you make him angry and he goes holding himself in his groin and then he just looks at you cross-eyed and says, that wasn't nice. Anything else, Birdie? I'm gonna hit him again. All right, go for it. Swing this time and he holds up his fist and your fist goes into his hand and he holds it in place. That's not nice. All right, and then I'm gonna, I'm not gonna disengage. I'm just gonna go like through his legs and stand behind him. All right. He has gone. Birdie has gone. Samoon, it is now your turn. All right. So 
catching his breath. Oh, okay. No more Mr. Nice Guy. And, um, Simone's gonna take both. Using Dreaded Ambusher, he's going to attack, but as he does, he's gonna just yell, May too, and cast Hunter's Mark on this beast. And then he's just gonna start wailing with the melee. So roll number one. Oof, that's a miss. Let's see, hold on. Oh, yeah. A one? Miss number one. Oh. Okay. I rolled a four. Gotcha. Okay. So four plus five is a oh. is a nine. Samoon, so before you proceed. I need oh, uh, a constitution. My second save. hit was a fifteen by itself. Gotcha. Now roll a constitution saving throw twelve or higher to avoid attacking with disadvantage. Nope. Okay, Samoon. That's an eight. It is too much of a smell, so that fifteen needs to be turned into something else. Go ahead and roll again. Got a fourteen. Oh, you push through the smell. Go ahead and roll your damage. Three points of damage. Oh, Hunter's Mark. Aha. That's an additional d6. So, ah, it's plus one. So four points of damage on his opening hit. His main attack. Ooh, that's an at one. All right. Disadvantage. It's a four, so. I feel like at that point, this large lumbering creature grabs your wrist and wrenches the weapon from your hand and it goes splashing into the water. Can you do anything else? Uh, yeah, I can do my extra attack. Um, as he's pulling me, I'm just gonna swing back with the other hand in momentum. So it's a 14 with disadvantage. So I rolled a 14 and a 16. So either way I hit, that'll be a 1d6. Which is a two, so four plus hunter mark is another four, so eight points of damage. Twelve total damage. Well done, Samoon. Eris, it is now your turn. You, however, are able to, possibly by the power of your angelic ancestry, stomach. I feel like smell. I feel like there was a lot of dead bodies when I was growing up. Mm. Fourteen for my first slash. A piercing blow. Seven points of damage. Ouch. Then I'm going to slash him one more time, but I miss with a eight. He's roaring, and at one time you just poke through, and you find that there's nothing there. For parts of his body have now moved away and fallen apart. Then, very angry. It is now his turn. I think he is compelled to attack Birdie. He looks at Birdie, and he's going to pick you up, and then body slam you onto the ground. With a 25, with only 11 points of damage though, because you are raging and reckless, he slams Birdie onto the ground. The next thing he is going to do is his bolt, his these bolts sticking out of his neck are gonna charge up with electricity and from some arcane tower at the top of the castle generates these strong bolts of lightning that are gonna affect all three of you. Roll a constitution saving throw, 12 or higher to avoid lightning damage. Seven. I think my plate armor attracted it. Oh dear. 17 points of damage to Eris. Question. Mm-hmm. Um, the constitution saving throw is just no disadvantage to that. It's only my attacks that are disadvantaged. Exactly. Only melee attacks, I might add. Okay. I rolled a nat 20. Oh, Samoon. 
Send some of that my way. <laughs> Birdie? Um, I think I have an advantage, right? On con saves? Yeah. I don't think so. That's strength saves. Oh. 12 or higher? No. All right. Birdie and Eris take lightning damage. 17 points. Samoon, I'm going to say with that nat 20, that you only take a quarter, four points of lightning damage, and you instinctively kind of jump into the air and hover for a minute and block off some of this electrical energy. Um, and for a split second, you are, your knee and your feet are like paired with these two eyes bulging from this monster. The monster has gone. It is now Birdie's turn. Birdie, you are flat on your back, floating in the water. Um, I'm gonna stand up and hit him. 14. That's a hit. Eight points of damage for the first hit. Oh, and you do, and some of the lightning like descends from this bolt and they charge up your bracers even more powerful. Eight points of damage, you slam into his belly. Oh, that hurts. Gonna do one more hit. 10 points of damage, a big hit. You hit him in the belly and he stumbles backwards a little bit. You feel his flab just jiggle and shake. He stumbles backwards and starts spitting up a little bit. Samoon, it is your turn and you are still mid-air. Yeah, he's gonna uh, take that momentum um, and just come down with the one sword and slice at him for his first strike. That is a 16, double disadvantage, makes it a nine. So 14. Oh, you do. So 11 points of damage. Ouch. And the first hit. And as he comes down, he lands beneath him and then he's gonna swing right back up like an uppercut with this sword for his extra attack. It's a 14 natural. Oh, so well 19, done. So this is one, two, three, plus this hunter's mark. So eight more points of damage. So 17 points total. Samoon, while up in the air, you slash and move like the wind seconds before you splash down in the water doing a three-point landing. The monster's face starts falling off to the ground, splashing alongside you. You have done complete surgery on this creature, breaking the stitches open that once held his flesh together. Eris, it is your turn. Could you finish this off? Going to aim to stab right through his throat. I think you might be able to do this. That's only an 11, unfortunately, but I have an extra attack as a fighter. So I swing and he's he's kind of wobbling, so I miss my aim. And that is a 19. Well, Eris, I think this might be critical, so why don't you take the wheel? All right. Oh yeah, I rolled max damage. Yes, indeed. That's what it's called for. <laughs> Go for it. So yeah, uh, I pierce that first time, he wobbles out of the way, I take a step back, and I just breathe, and my hair is standing straight on end after that electricity, and it's kind of like tingling through, you can see the blue kind of going down my armor, and I just take a breath, and then just kind of this guttural roar comes out, my eyes glow just for flavor, and just ram that rapier straight through his throat all the way to the hilt, and then rip so that his head comes askew. You might say he is now nearly headless Frank. Indeed, he splashes in the in, on the water, floating in various parts, and his body begins to become unhinged. Birdie, you stand, your bracers still charged with a little bit of electricity. You see that he had a 
vestigial hand was growing out of his back. Mm. The forearm has very familiar tattoos. One that you've seen before as a young kid. It seems that some of your hen, some of your kinfolk, have been sewn to make this creature. Hmm. Grandma stands there panting and she says, like I said, Bertie, this is a bad, bad man. Yeah, um, I don't know what to, I don't know where this guy went, but we need to make sure that we are reinforced somehow, or maybe we can, um, not have to fight him and blow him up instead. That's, I always, I'm always game for blowing up things. I am all for blowing up this cavern. Samoon's, uh listening but he's wading through the water looking for his sword in the area that it splashed down in make an investigation check you'll need a 15 or higher can i help yes you may it'll take an hour though oh that sounds like it's less helpful then (laughs) uh i rolled a 12 and i have a zero in investigation that's why it's going to take an hour. Oh, if you're... <laughs> yeah. Could you roll with advantage because I was helping? No. If that's how John wants to do it? Yeah, go ahead and roll with advantage. It's just going to cost an hour. I rolled a two on that one. Okay. Mm. It was right here. I swear. I saw it hit right here. Huh. Birdie is sitting in the corner nursing her wounds while Eris and Samoon wade through the water looking looking futilely for your lost weapon. It takes an hour. Is that a short rest? <laughs> no, maybe for Birdie, but not for you. <laughs> Boy, do I need it. Yeah. I've taken some hits. You all three notice that the door... So do I find it? You do not find it. What? It took an hour and we didn't even find it? <laughs> But the door that the Frankenstein came through, the padlock is broken off and the door is open. The stable is now mostly cindered and aflame and the fire has still roaring in an ember. Birdie, while you're sitting there watching Samoon and Eris, you hear a splash in the water. And then a voice. Oh, damn it. A curse in a language you have not heard in a very, very long time. Hinfolk. How do you proceed? Uh, I'm going to turn and see. You do. You see a man about your size scuttling away from the scene of this horrid experience. 
The only thing different between you and him is he is head to toe covered in white chalk. He's moving away from you. Um, hey guys, there's a ghost, uh, hobbit or (laughs) (laughs) a ghost hobbit. Yes. (laughs) There's a ghost guy. He's, I mean, I don't know what I am, but he looks like me. No, 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 no one over here. Ain't nobody over this way. Just, yeah, just us ghosts. Don't bother us. Can I see, look over and see at this point, see him? You do, you do, and he's heading right towards the tunnel. Can I perceive that he's not really a ghost? Nope, he's not a ghost. Yeah, I'd like to chase him down. He looks back at you, boo, boo, I'm going to charge... I'm going to charge after him and try to just, like, get him in a headlock. And you swing by, and he chokes you, and he says, You can't choke ghosts! It's not going to (laughs) work. It seems to be working rather well, sir. We have some questions for you. He's going to kick you in the shin. Ow! All right, let's see if you can get away. Uh, Make a strength saving throw. We'll do a 15 or higher. He's pretty stout. I'm so glad I didn't make strength my dump stat for once. (laughs) <laughs> Natural 20. Oh. This is my Hobbit ghost. <laughs> Plus six. 26 total. He's, he's going to start biting your arm. <laughs> Let me go! I'll bite you with ghost teeth. If you don't stop it right now, I'm going to knock you out. Oh, you wouldn't knock me out. I will. You're biting me. Look, I've had a very bad day, and we have questions, and you, sir, are going to answer them. I'm just going to start hauling him back to... Samoon and Birdie. Samoon, you've got that rope, right? I got it right here. Maybe we'll put him in the birdhouse. Ain't no reason to tie me up. What do you want to know? And you see before you a man of about four feet tall. Short, head to toe covered in chalk. In fact, not wearing many clothing at all, just covering all the necessary parts, but head to toe covered in this very thick white residue and he says how in the world did you demons see me how did y'all smell me you got updated noses or something who are you calling a demon you're not demons demon to you i i don't know y'all look the same to me you're the one wearing a bunch of well to be wearing a bunch of chalk to be very smooth, you kind of do look like a demon. Well, that's what most demons do look like. They all look like humans, and they come in ugly shapes and sizes and everything, and all kinds of horrid aberrations, and you fight like a demon. I mean, he he does have a point. Simone's kind of just... <laughs> Way to get him in his insecurities. I know, Simone's going to like look back. He's like, have I become the very enemy that I've been hunting? <laughs> Simone, you do not look like a demon. Well, what is your... Clearly, I don't know what I look like anymore because I thought I was a human and then I found out that I'm a Ganassi and now I'm a demon. Sounds like a demon to me. What is your name, sir? Cody. What's your name? Oh, Cody? Cody, yeah. My name is Eris. This is Simone and Birdie. What are you doing down here? Sneaking around, looking for Why? treasure. Why? Looking for treasure. Okay. Yes. Do you work for that man who owns this castle? Dalgum? Heck no. 
Galgum? Galgum. Galgum. Does that name ring any bells? Like, another version of a name for a certain demon underlord that my cousin may or may not worship? N no. It okay. does not sound like any demonic name. In fact, it is yeah. pretty common of a name for a Tithernan man. Okay. Do I recognize this character? Which character? The the redneck the redneck hobbit. <laughs> the redneck ghost hobbit. <laughs> Birdie, make a history check. Twelve or higher. He's more like the redneck hobbit. Fifteen. Birdie, as you sit stand at this man talking and jabbering on to Eris and Simone, his accent sounds very familiar. The name Toadie. The affectionate name that your mother gave to your father. Oh. Um, excuse me, sir? Yeah? Why do I, like, do I know you? And she starts to talk a little bit, a little bit redneck, too. I don't know. Do you know me? I mean, I'm asking you. How would I know what you know? Well, do you know me? He bites his lip. Is your lip... Are you hungry? Nah, I'm just... Wondering what you're doing down here. I'm trying to help the town rid itself of a, a nasty parasite that's eating people's brains. That sounds like a tall order. <laughs> well, I am the tallest hobbit I know. You hinfolk? Yeah. Where are you from? I have no idea. Well, you know you're from Sultana. Well... Okay. <laughs> Sorry, did you say that? No. I'm from Sultana. Oh. Nice town. Very uppity. Yeah, most people have all their teeth. <laughs> well, see, you, that's why we live out in the swamplands. We keep all our teeth. It's that water, that well water that's making everything bad. Well, you said your name was Birdie? Yeah, my whole name is Bertha. Bertha? Um, how old are you, Bertha? Um... 30... 5... 6... I don't know, somewhere in there. Well, I'm Toady. He puts his hand out. Nice to meet you. And she shakes his hand. It's good to meet you, too. So, is anybody else living down here? Uh, well, I don't actually live down here. I just come here to work, to collect things from, well, my fallen brothers. That blasted blankety wizard taking all of our... Well, he, he sometimes gets us. His demons come after us. We don't want to live in Saltana. We don't want to live in Tetherna. 
We make it out in the swamps just the best we can, trying to get by. Sometimes we fall into his traps. There ain't nothing I can do about the bodies, my fallen brethren, but if I can collect anything like a totem or something that can help us remember him by, that's what I'm here for. But demons, ha <laughs> ha, and he smells his armpit. They can't smell this stinky old hen. <laughs> the chalk keeps us hidden from them. Where do you get this chalk? Oh, I make it. Oh, what's it made out of? Dirt, rocks, I don't know, white chalk. <laughs> so it's, it's I don't chalk. know what it's made of, it's just chalk. chalk. It works. Oh. Well, we're gonna try to kill this guy because I think he needs to die. And I, I'm used <laughs> to killing things, so I think I can do this. You and what army? Well, my friends here, we're pretty, I don't know. We just killed a bunch of rats. In that big, in that big monster thing. Yeah, saw that. Seriously, is your friend a demon? Um, I don't think so. He doesn't act like a demon. Yeah. I've never seen him eat anybody. Actually, I've never seen him eat anything. He, I mean, he's pretty. He's a pretty stand-up guy. Well, anyway, it's good to see another hen. And he puts out his hand to you, Samoon and Eris, in that order. Toadie, nice to meet you. Ah, oh, it is nice to meet you too, sir. And he, Samoon will shake his hand. My name is Samoon. And we are here about that wealth problem. Oh, trying to help out Sultana, huh? <laughs> How much are they paying you? <laughs> not enough, I guarantee it. It's not about the payment. Really talk, talk about that. Oh, she just said it's not about the payment. As he puts his hand to you, he says, Toady, um, sorry, Toady Blackfeather. Bertie, you would recognize that. Blackfeather? Is that my last name? Yes. Hey, Charmed. Oh. Hey, um, Blackfeather. Yeah? That, that used to be my name. My last name was Bertha Blackfeather. Toady still has his hand in yours, Eris. Looking into your eyes, as you said, I'm charmed. Bertie speaks up and interrupts, but Toady does not look that way. Instead, you see a glistening mist build up in his eyes as he stares back at you, Eris. He swallows hard and a tear starts to roll down his cheek. He does not let go of your hand, but squeezes it even tighter. I'm gonna cover his other hand with my other, or his hand with my other hand, and squeeze back and say, perhaps we should give you guys a moment alone, and then I'm going to pull back. He turns to you, Birdie. My Birdie? Do I know you? I must have died. I mean, all my family did die. Not all of us. Oh. His arms are open now. 
I suppose you probably are my father or my uncle. I mean, you're you're definitely we're related. You always did have your mother's sense, Birdie. You're alive. Well, of course I'm alive. Birdie doesn't die. I am. I want to say I'm kind of famous around here. I don't care if you're famous around here, but come here. And he like reaches over and jumps over to you and hugs you, leaving behind a sticky, chalky residue on your skin. She kind of leans in and goes, Dad, Dad, you kind of smell. I guess I smell too. Yeah, you do. In the middle of the dark lake, both feet in the water, Eris and Smoon, you see as Bertie Cartwright reunited with her father after 30-something years. What was given up hope for Toady, assumed to be lost and dead, recounts the story of how, while on a hunting trip, he and his brothers and fathers and cousins returned to find the home destroyed. To find their home destroyed and demolished by this wizard named Dalgoon. As he looked back at his home, he saw the remains of a destroyed family, but no sign of Racket, no sign of Birdie. After having searched for them for many months, years, despair finally took over and he descended into the swamps to hide away with him and his brothers, having lost their family, swearing to find revenge on Dalgoon. And up until this point, no one had helped and there had never been a chance for success. But today, under Sultana, things are different. And so for now, our story concludes. Every story comes to an ending, so for now, we must conclude. Thank you for listening, Sojourners. Your attention will not go unrewarded. And we look forward to continuing this adventure. And that's right, we recorded one more episode after this, so you can expect two more episodes. I'm really going to try hard to get these edited, cleaned up, and produced with wonderful background and music and ambiance from Tabletop Audio. And that will conclude The Wild and the Wind. It's been a long time coming, and it's been quite an adventure and story. And although the games and the stories come to an end, the friendships last forever. And let that be a lesson to all of us as we gather around the table, roll dice, and tell stories. And as for you, Sojourner, May your story continue.